The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 56. Hey guys, happy Monday. I'm back doing my intros. Last week, Jenna did my intro uh, because I was just not feeling well. If you guys have been following uh, my stories, I had mastitis and then I had pneumonia and it's just not been fun, but I'm feeling a lot better now, thankfully. <laughs> so back to my normal self, back to our routine this year, guys, it's just been, it's been crazy. I'm ready for 2021 already. <laughs> so this week we have another birth story. Uh, Brittany came on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast and she actually has a podcast of her own, the Growing Our Family Pregnancy Podcast, which I was on, which I will leave a link uh, to that episode if you want to hear me be on her podcast. But Brittany came on today to share her birth story. Brittany is a mom to a one and a half year old, and she's currently pregnant with baby number two. She lives in Reno, Nevada with her husband, her son, and her two dogs. So she talked today about her induction that was at 37 weeks, which was totally unplanned and super, super crazy long. I'm trying to look back here. I think it was 29 hours, which is a pretty long induction. Um, but we all, this is what I always tell you guys, if it's your first baby, expect it to be a long, long process. So even though 29 hours sounds like a crazy, crazy long time, this was her first baby. So yeah, unfortunately, it can take that long. <laughs> so Brittany ended up getting induced because she had high blood pressure at the end of her pregnancy, which is a pretty common reason why they do medical inductions at that gestation. She got some medications to dilate her cervix. Um, and then she got Pitocin in her IV. She ended up getting an epidural and got her water broken by her provider at one point. She just kind of slowly eventually made progress, got to 10 centimeters, and then eventually pushed and had her baby. She did have a few complications with breastfeeding afterwards, which she's going to get into. Um, but all in all, it was pretty positive induction, just a super, super long one. So let's get into this week's episode with Brittany. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Liesl. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you today. 
Yeah. Yeah. Can you just start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family, where you're from, what you're doing today, how the weather is, all of that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. So my name's Brittany Doherty. Um, I have a 15 month old little boy and I'm currently actually barely pregnant with baby number two. I'm about Ooh, nine weeks. Oh, <laughs> so, congrats. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. We just heard the heartbeat later or earlier this week. So, um, awesome. so we're sharing the news now, but yeah, uh, <laughs> my husband, son and I, uh, we live in Reno. Nevada. And we have our two doggies, which were kind of like our first kids <laughs> when we first started yep. dating. And yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a civil engineer by trade. Uh, but in my free time, I do a pregnancy and parenting podcast, the Growing Our Family podcast. And I, I like what I do during the day, but I love talking about pregnancy and babies and everything like that. So yeah, it's a good, it's a nice little passion to have and, and it's a little side, you know, little side hobby business kind of thing that you, that you can do. So no, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, well, cool. And congrats on your pregnancy. That's the, you're, you're probably in the, the time, like that was the time for me that was, and gosh, 15 months, that's, that's tough taking care of a 15 month old and like mm-hmm. being in your first trimester. But like, I was just with this pregnancy, I was so exhausted all of the time uh, until I hit, I don't know, 13 or 14-ish weeks. So I'm sure that is probably <laughs> what you're dealing with and maybe some sickness mixed in between. Oh, definitely. And we're, <laughs> my husband and I are both working from home right now because yeah. like yeah. and everything. So um, yeah, we have our toddler here with us 24-7 and we're trying yep. to like get in our hours. And yeah, I've been like taking naps when he naps <laughs> just because I have to get it yeah. in. Some you have to. <laughs> You have to. No, I totally get it. All right, guys. Well, we are doing a birth story episode today, and Brittany is going to come on here and talk about your 15-month-old and how that birth went. Um, And yeah, maybe we can have you on in uh, 31 or 32 weeks again. You can talk about your second birth. Um, So can you, I usually like to tell people to go back to kind of before and let and share if you had any uh, trouble getting pregnant, any kind of fertility issues, any pregnancies kind of before that one. Um, and then, you know, just kind of going back to when you kind of found out you were pregnant. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, my whole journey started, uh, my husband and I had been married for a few years and we wanted to have kids, but I was really nervous because I had when I was like way back in like middle school and high school, um, I had a lot of issues with my period. And I mm. like, it was to the point where like, I would literally have my period nonstop for like six months straight. Yeah. And then I'd have like a week off and then I'd like have it again. So I was yeah. on birth control for almost 10 years before we decided to try to get pregnant. And I was super worried because, you know, if you don't have a normal cycle, it's kind of hard to track your ovulation and everything right. like that. So right. I didn't think we'd be able to get pregnant and we got pregnant on our very first try. So I'm, I'm like beyond grateful for that. Um, Definitely not expected, but uh, yeah, we were, we were ecstatic. Um, I was definitely expecting a very long journey ahead of us. Yeah. So um, yeah, once, once I got pregnant, it it was really easy um, for my first baby. My first trimester went really well. I had a little bit of nausea and, and stuff like that, but overall, like it was a super easy early pregnancy. Um, and then right around like the second trimester, I started to get really swollen, uh, in mm-hmm. my legs and ankles. And then by my third trimester, I was like a stuffed sausage. Like it was yeah. insane. You would like press on my legs and it would stay indented for like <laughs> 10 and seconds. When were you pregnant? Like what time of the year were you pregnant? Um, 
so I got pregnant um in April. Okay. And then so like most of my I was like through the summer I was like very early pregnant and then yeah, yeah. my like big belly time was in the fall and winter time. Okay. Um, so my not even born- Yeah, I was going to say like not even like the summer months kind of Mm-mm, that sort yeah. of swelling. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I would I started going for walks every day during my lunch break and I'd be out in the snow like walking around just trying to like get the blood circulating cuz it was not <laughs> Aww. moving. <laughs> but, oh um, gosh. So I didn't really think much of it. Uh, I didn't really know that much about like swelling. I, I knew that like swelling in your face and in your hands could be a sign of uh, preeclampsia, but I my doctor didn't seem that concerned because it was really below the knee. And he mm-hmm. said that that can be a normal pregnancy symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than that, my pregnancy was super easy. And then um, I showed up to my 36-week tummy check and, you know, all the tummy checks are like five, 10 minutes and then you're in and out and no problem. And, uh, my blood pressure was a little high. Mm -hmm. So they had me lay on my left side and like took a few more tests. And after like three really high blood pressure results, um, the doctor finally came in and she did my tummy check and, um, my heartbeat, uh, the baby's heartbeat was great. And I was actually dilated to a one. So Mm -hmm. I was like pretty excited to see that, you know, it was coming soonish. I was only 36 weeks. So I wasn't expecting it like anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but she was a little bit concerned that I was leaking fluids just based off of like what she saw down there. I don't really know mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole lot about that, but, um, and I had lost my mucus plug literally when I showed up to the office for my tummy check. Uh-huh. So, um, she did another five blood pressure checks and my bottom number was still 103 after like laying on my Ew. left side for almost an hour. <laughs> so Ew. she yeah. sent me to L and D. Um, so that way I could roll out preeclampsia. So that was, <laughs> that was my 36 week check. It was a little bit unexpected for sure, but, yeah. um, much more intense than just the typical, uh, we usually do the GBS swab at 36 weeks and then say, see you later. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a little so, bit more intense. Yeah, definitely. And so I met up with my husband and, um, we got checked into labor and delivery and they did a blood draw and some blood pressure checks. And, um, I was not leaking fluid, so that was good. And I did okay. not have preeclampsia. So those were like two good things. Um, but the on-call doctor there said I did, she did think I had gestational hypertension and that yeah. she recommended induction at 37 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the next day I, uh, I called up my, doctor. Well, my doctor was actually in Hawaii at the time. Um, oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's only two doctors at the practice and they're, oh, wow. they're both amazing doctors. So mm-hmm. I just saw the other one and, and she was incredible too. So I wasn't too worried about that. Um, I had seen her with like one other check and I already mm-hmm. like knew that we clicked well. So I wasn't, I wasn't concerned at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I called her and she told me to come in later that day to like do some follow-up tests. And so I like kind of cleaned up my work desk just in case that maybe I had to go back to labor and delivery and couldn't come back the same day. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband met me at the office and my blood pressure was still high. And the doctor goes, um, well, looks like we're having this baby on Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was Thursday. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But uh, yeah, all the Monday slots actually ended up being filled. So my induction was scheduled at 11 p.m. on Sunday night. Okay. And um, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll go back to work. I just have to like finish up some stuff, hand off my projects to other people. And she's like, no, you don't get to go back to work. You have to go home, <laughs> put your feet up, lay down. <laughs> like you are don't on bed move rest. at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, she prescribed me uh, libidolol. 
mm-hmm. I, I think I say that right. Um, yeah. And I had to like go get a blood pressure cuff to like check my blood pressure like every hour. Yeah. <laughs> and if the bottom number ended up going over a hundred again, then I had to go into labor and delivery. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad. Um, it was really exciting to go from like not being able to meet my baby for three weeks to three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I wish it was, you know, not due to, you know, medical issues. Right. Right. But um, yeah, over the weekend, it was really like, so this was right around, uh, right after Christmas. My son was born on uh, January 8th. Okay. So we put away all the Christmas decor. I cleaned, I did laundry. I think I repacked my hospital bag like 20 times. Because so you did I, not, uh, <laughs> you were not complete strict bed rest. It sounds not, like. not even a little bit. <laughs> and then on Saturday night, my bottom number was up to 101 and oh, I had to call my delivery. <laughs> and um, they had me wait an hour and it went back down to like the mid nineties. So they didn't yeah. have me come in, but then Sunday I definitely <laughs> laid in bed all day. My husband yeah. was like, you are not to move from this bed unless <laughs> you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that Sunday, which was my induction day was literally probably the longest day of my entire life. Um, Aww. besides Monday, which was my entire uh, yeah. day of labor course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we went to dinner and, uh, we went to the hospital. I just remember we were in the middle of a blizzard. Like you couldn't even see the oh, lines on the freeway and we're like driving to the hospital. And I could only imagine how much more like anxious I would be if I was actually in active labor and like going through contractions. I was going to say, and hold up, Reno, you said you're from Reno, Mm -hmm. Nevada. I thought that was kind of, it's not, it's not very Southern. You guys still get a lot of snow there. Yeah. We're, we're pretty North. We're near um, like Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, we get snow every year. um, Gotcha. And it's not that bad. Like normally we don't get a whole lot in December. It's not until like uh, January or February, March timeframe that we get more snow, but of course, the day we're going to the hospital, it's like blizzard. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just funny. I remember uh, the actual like entrance to the hospital was closed because it was 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So we had to go through the ER and I like showed up and I have like my suitcase and my pillow. I feel mm-hmm. like I was like checking into a hotel and yep. I'm like going to have my baby. But it was definitely not what I expected. Um, so yeah, we got checked in and and it was really easy. I, I like changed into my hospital gown and they hooked me up to the monitors and I still was only at a one. And I was actually having contractions on my own though. Um, about, I think it was like 12 an hour. Okay. So pretty good. Like my body was like kind of starting to do things on its own. And then yeah, maybe that mucus plug just, you know, right. And I got things started a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. So, um, right around 12:30 a.m. so like an hour and a half after i showed up at the hospital uh, the on call doc came in and she gave me a mesoprostol pill mm-hmm. and some pitocin to just kind of get my contractions going and mm-hmm. 4 hours later i was finally dilated to a 2 <laughs> and i was hey. 70% of face so <laughs> i made it from a 1 to a 2 um and then 30 minutes after that they decided to do the fully bulb just to mm-hmm. try to like simulate the baby's head mm-hmm. on the cervix and everything. So I thought that was really cool. I learned about it in my like prenatal class and so I was mm-hmm. all for it. Mm-hmm. And that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Most it people was, say, uh, most people say I had, I just had a recording with somebody the other day and she was like, I thought that it was great. Like that was the best part of the full. And I was like, you're the first person that's ever said that. <laughs> I think Yeah, <laughs> most people hate them. <laughs> yeah. My contractions like almost instantaneously went from like 
very bearable and Mm -hmm. like, you know, just like early contractions. I was easily able to just like sit and breathe through them to like, I was like leaned over the table, like moaning. And my husband's like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do like, I'm only at a two, like, how am I going to do this for the next Mm -hmm. like eight centimeters, you know, but, um, so about two hours after I got the bulb put in, I decided that I was going to get the epidural. And Mm -hmm. originally I really wanted to try natural. Um, I, I'm very like sciencey based, like I understand science. So I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, the baby's head pushes on your cervix and that sends, you know, a signal up to your brain and then it releases oxytocin and that's like a natural pain relief. And then like, you know, every contraction you get like another dose of pain meds. And I'm like, I can do this, you know, I like had all this in my head. I could not do it. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> could, Easier nope. said than done. <laughs> right? So I was a little bit bummed. Like I almost, that's kind of like where my mind like set shift. Because mm-hmm. I, at first I was like, you know, this is what I want my labor to look like. Mm-hmm. And then after that point, at first, like I felt like a huge failure because I'm like, I didn't do what I wanted to do. And I'm like, wait a second. Like as long as this baby gets here healthy and like everything goes smoothly, like I'm not a failure as long as like, you know, you have to like kind of roll with the punches, like things are going to change in your labor. So after that, like I could totally like feel like my mind shift in, in like the way that I was viewing my birth, as long as like things were keeping, like kept on progressing, I was Mm going to be okay with it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, seven 30, this was like an hour later after I asked for the epidural, um, it was actually in, which wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It was more of like a bee sting. Um, yeah. and then like kind of some pressure, but then like instant relief yeah, and they right. put me on like a drip. So some people I think mm-hmm. get like a shot of it versus some people get an actual IV. So mm-hmm. mine was the IV kind. So I was like getting a constant dose of pain meds like the whole time, which was awesome. Yeah. Those are the good ones. And sometimes yeah. it's, Sometimes people even get, um, did you have like a PCA button that you could hit just in mm-hmm. case you had, yeah, some people have yeah. that too. Yeah. My little bolo button. I love yep. that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and the best thing about the epidural was the fact that I didn't have to get up and pee anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I was drinking liquids and they had me hooked up to the IV. So I think I was getting up every like 15 minutes to go to the bathroom oh. and I'd have to like bring my tower with me. Oh, my- I know. My husband would have to like slide the cords underneath the door. And then yeah. I had like the, the like fully bulb taped to my inner thigh. And I'm like, this is like the most awkward situation I've ever had to experience. And yeah, once I could just lay there, I'm like, I don't have to pee anymore. This is great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, so about fast forward to like 10 hours after I got my epidural, mm-hmm. I was finally at four centimeters and okay. the bulb came out. So it was, it was definitely a slow process. And a lot of, uh, I was able to take a nap after I got the epidural, which was a little bit nice. We had slept for like an hour, which yeah. doesn't seem like a lot, but <laughs> it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, so once the bulb came out, they took me off Pitocin to give my body a little bit of a break and just mm-hmm. to kind of like help it see what it would do on its own if it would yeah. like, start doing contractions. And then uh, let's see, an hour and a half after that, they decided to break my water just because mm-hmm. I wasn't really progressing like they wanted to see and, and now that they had broken my water or they wanted to make sure that I like met the 24 hour like time limit, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, they broke my water. I was at a six centimeters and 90% of face and okay. I was at a minus two. So I was actually okay. like making progress. I, <laughs> to me, it's like, okay, I'm more than halfway, even though that's not really how it works. <laughs> like, you know, the last like five could, could yeah. Happen 
in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, for no, for sure. The first, you know, kind of half to five or six or even sometimes since, you know, seven centimeters is more, much more slow going, especially if you're a first time mom. Um, and then that second part, people are like thinking that, oh, it's been 20 hours thus far. Is it going to be another 20 hours? Usually not. No, <laughs> it mm-hmm. usually goes m- much smoother. And my mom and my grandma both said they went from a six to a 10 within one hour. Yeah. And I was really hoping I would be just like them. And yeah. unfortunately I was not. Darn. <laughs> um, I was progressing about one centimeter every two hours. Okay. And, hey, uh, after that, so. That's that. I mean, that's still within the realm of normal, you know, even as a first time mom, like that's very, very, very within the realm of normal. Yeah. So, um, four hours after they broke my water, it was 1030 at night. Um, I was finally eight centimeters, but they decided to insert an internal fetal monitor to check mm-hmm. and make sure my contractions were actually getting stronger because mm-hmm. I found out they don't, the, the external monitor doesn't actually measure the strength of the contractions, just like when they come, mm-hmm. um, versus the mm-hmm. internal one will actually measure the strength, which was, I thought was super cool. Um, yeah. so it was nice to see that on the screen. I, I like the screens and watching them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then let's see, 1230 AM, I was at a nine centimeter and a finally hit like that 24 hour mark. It had been mm-hmm. a little over 24 hours and mm-hmm. I was starting to feel very like over it. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I've been here forever. I've been here for an entire day and I just like, I'm ready to be done. And, yeah. um, by one my cervix, they came in, they're like, Oh, it looks like your cervix has gone. And she's like, Oh wait, it's only gone on the right side, not on the left side. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? I didn't yeah. know it could like disappear unevenly. Tricky like that. <laughs> so um, my heart rate was, uh, the baby's heart rate was dropping uh, mm-hmm. during every contraction because they said they think like either the cord was getting pinched or it was like wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like flipping me like a pancake every mm-hmm. like 30 minutes. So I was going from like my left side to my right side. Cause one side was better for the baby and the other side was better for like getting my cervix to finish. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, it was, it was like very intense and, and there was a lot of pressure, even though I had the epidural and I could feel every contraction, which in the time I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling this. But mm-hmm. then like afterwards I'm like, well, now I'm really glad I did. Cause I felt more in tune with my body, I think, than if I just like didn't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at 2.30 a.m., uh, I still had some cervix left, but they said I was like almost ready. So they decided to like get the nurses and uh, by three o'clock they were like prepping the room and like it was just crazy to like see the bed like transform. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they like fold the bottom down and pull up the stirrups and they're like, okay, like we have all these cool things that you can like, we have ropes and we have bars and whatever <laughs> like you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 3.15, I started to push and uh, I think I saw you post something on your Instagram about like the different methods of pushing, how like mm-hmm. one is like a mother led pushing and the other is like hold your breath and sit up for 10 seconds and right. like do that three times. So that's what they had me do. I, yeah. I think especially because I had the epidural. It's much harder to do the the um, open glottis pushing. It's what the, the mother guided pushing <laughs> instead of the guided pushing when you have a, when you have an epidural. It's just, it's hard to feel. I mean, it's hard to feel kind of when you have to push anyways with an epidural and just kind of like, if this is the right way that I'm supposed to push. So mm-hmm. usually guided works, works a lot better. And uh, that totally makes sense. Cause even when they were doing this, like the hold your breath and everything, 
I felt like I was doing it wrong. And yeah, like yeah. you're just like pushing, like you're yeah. going to like go to the bathroom. Right. And you feel like you're going to like go to the bathroom. Right. Yet. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just like, it's such a weird feeling. I feel like, especially for first time moms that have never been through it. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it totally fit. And it makes sense because, you know, if you think about how large a baby's head is and where your vagina is in relation to your rectum and there's you know, nerve endings and uh, in your rectum. So like the baby's head is just kind of pushing on those same nerve endings that tells your body that, you know, there's poop in there and that you have to poop (laughs) and that you're pooping. So it just kind of makes sense that it would, it would feel like you have to poop if there's a big, large baby head inside your vagina pushing on your rectum. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was, it was hard. Like after, I think I, I did like I went through like five or six contractions of like having to hold your breath for the mm-hmm. 10 seconds and then like a three second break and doing that three times. I was literally in tears because I was oh, like, yeah, this is hard. so hard. And, yeah. and like, you know, you're, you're like tired because you're like doing sit ups with this huge baby and you're like, yeah. pushing. it's like the hardest workout I think I've ever done in my entire oh, life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but by about 15 minutes after I started pushing, the nurse could finally see the top of my son's head. And at first I said, I didn't want the mirror because I was like, I don't know, that just seemed weird to like Mm -hmm. look at my own vagina. (laughs) But then after like she said she could see the head and my, my husband was like, oh my gosh, like every time you push, like you can see like the top of his head. It's so cool. So I had them turn on the mirror and it was so much more efficient after that. Like, cause I think I could like visualize what was happening and like really see like, you know, if I push this way, like there was more progression and then like Mm -hmm. I push like not as hard. So I don't know. I like, I felt like it really helped like focus that energy a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of the mirror. I think it helps a lot of people uh, like you mentioned are just kind of like, that's weird. I don't want, (laughs) I don't want to see anything that's going on down there. Um, but the people that use them, it's usually, usually the same thing. They say the exact same thing. Like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And this is like helping me so much. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just like a distraction, you know, like you have something to like look at besides just the ceiling. Something to focus on. Right. Right. So, um, about five minutes after I turned on the mirror, the doctor came in and she got prepped and uh, she did see that the cord was wrapped around his neck. Yeah. And so she kind of like coached me and told me to like give lighter pushes and mm-hmm. um, she unwrapped the cord and she was giving me perennial massage, which mm-hmm. was awesome because I only tore, I barely tore it all. I think I needed a total of like four stitches. Good. And Good. my pushing phase was only 45 minutes. So awesome. um, yeah, not bad at all. My son was born at 401 and uh, we were able to do skin to skin for a minute, but his O2 levels were really low because he had fluid in his mouth and lungs. So they had to like pull him off and like get the fluid out and like try to get his O2 levels back up and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then they gave him back to me to do skin to skin while I delivered the placenta, which I heard some women like think it's like way harder or not harder, but like it's really uncomfortable. And I like didn't even feel it. It was like a little bit of tucking from yeah the inside, but like, I don't know when you're holding your newborn, you're like, this isn't bad at all. I'll just lay here all day. Yeah. I I kind of felt the same way. It's just kind of like jello to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just kind of like plopping out a big (laughs) mound of jello. Right. But, um, so then, uh, they were taking me off IVs and, and doing all that stuff. So my husband was actually able to do skin to skin for like an hour and a half. They were like getting me all set up and, you know, they make you, 
make sure that you can walk and they have to make sure you go to the bathroom after you like get the catheter taken out to make sure you can go to the bathroom. So mm-hmm. I was kind of doing all that stuff. So I was happy my husband did have like time to bond with the baby and I had the skin to skin. So it was really nice. Um, and then they moved us up to uh, the recovery room. So it really wasn't bad. My son was, the nurses were all amazed because he was eight pounds, one ounce at three weeks wow. early, 37 oh my weeks. Gosh. So like, this baby would have been huge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, are you, were you dates wrong? I, I guess not, but my, yeah. My husband was the smallest out of all his brothers and he was, um, a nine and a half pound baby. Okay. And okay. he's six, six. So, yeah. I mean, he's, um, okay. Well, that, that'll guy. explain it then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they projected that he was probably going to end up being close to like nine and a half or 10 pounds if I would have went to term, yeah. which I'm really happy. I delivered an eight pound baby, not a For 10 real. pound baby. For real. You're going to have to think about that with this next one coming up. Right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, recovery went okay. Uh, we got settled into the new room and, uh, my son would not latch. So, mm-hmm. which was really frustrating because I did so much research on breastfeeding beforehand. Like I knew 100% this is something I wanted to do. Like yeah. not only for all the benefits for baby, but like there's benefits for mom and how like it reduces your risk of like all these different cancers and like crazy yeah. things, right? It's yeah. like a, a miracle mix. Um, but it was so hard cause you know, like we had already like gone through all these struggles and like he was healthy and then he just like would not latch. And at mm. first they're like, Oh, it's okay. Like they don't need to eat right away. Like he's still nourished from like, you know, everything he was just in your belly. But then like, as the clock kept ticking, they were started to get like a little bit more worried that he wasn't eating. So then they put him on donor milk, which, um, is amazing. Our hospital has that. Yeah. So he was able to do the breast milk, uh, the donor breast milk, and I was pumping colostrum and feeding that to him. But it took like, let's see. So we moved to recovery at like six o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't until like six o'clock at night that we had a lactation consultant come in to help us. We had a lot of nurses try to help me latch. um, And he just like wasn't having it. Like it just wasn't working. Uh, but the lactation consultant that night was finally able to like get him to latch (laughs) and that like moment, uh, like I could literally feel my shoulders like relaxing, like, and I just like laid there and like cried, like happy tears as I like fed him. It was like the sweetest, like most precious bonding moment. Like that was like the first moment that I like felt so connected to my son. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I want you to continue to tell us about, cause I know you, um, breastfed him for a while. Um, so I want you to continue kind of telling us about breastfeeding too, but I did want to just quickly ask you how your recovery was with all of this. Yeah. So, um, my recovery was, was pretty good. Like I, I was expecting it to be worse than it was. Um, yeah. I was able to kind of get up and walk around and do things like that. Like I didn't have a ton of tearing, um, uh, Mm-hmm. I did pass like a pretty good size blood clot. It was like an egg size, which I know that's when mm-hmm. they like start to worry, but yeah. th- it was only yeah. the one. So they said like, as long as I didn't really pass any other ones um, yeah. that are big, that I was fine. So other than that, um, it was, it was not, not bad at all. Like <laughs> I say not bad at all for, for people that haven't been through it. I mean, like you're still like bleeding, you feel like you're literally going to bleed to death. It's still <laughs> rough. Yeah, it's still rough, but, <laughs> but it could have been worse. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't too terrible in the hospital. When we got home, I did experience some baby blues. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was rough because I've never really experienced anything like that. And you're just kind of sad for no reason. And yeah. like, I'd be like sitting, it was 
specifically at night, I realized like once the sun went down was like the second it hit and I had like this like very anxious feeling and like mm-hmm. I would just like sit on the couch and cry for like no reason. Like I wanted chicken strips and then yeah. my husband went out Aww. and got me chicken strips and then I cried because he got me chicken strips and he was like, Aww. why are you crying? And I'm like, I don't know. Aww. But um, it was just weird. You know, it's like, a, it's a very like out of control feeling, which mm-hmm. I'm not very used to. So, um, but that only lasted a few days. So I'm very fortunate again for that because I know for some moms, they have to go through that for, for much longer and it turns into like postpartum depression and all those other things. So, um, man, I, I couldn't even imagine after like going through it for three days, like to go through it for even longer than that. It just so sad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, it was good. We weren't sleeping much. Uh, my son was eating yeah. about 16 times a day Ooh. um, and would only sleep for like an hour and a half at a time. Yeah. So I was Aww. only sleeping for an hour and a half at a time. Um, so that that part was very difficult. I, I wasn't expecting to be that sleep deprived. You know, I was like, oh, you know, we'll only get like three hour stretches. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But when it's that short, like it's just difficult. He was gaining great though. Like we went to a, a breastfeeding group and uh, we were also meeting with the lactation consultant to like help with his issues. He, they diagnosed him with um, uncoordinated sucking because he was so huh. early. His like tongue yeah. and his mouth muscles couldn't move like in unison. Gotcha. So he just was like, that's why he was having so much issues. So, yeah. um, but yeah, he was doing great after that. Um, gaining like a pound a week, which is almost double what wow. they're supposed to. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, he was a, he was a big boy, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, he finally slowed down on the eating and, and was able to like take in more. And, and we started like working with him on his sleep at night. And once that came, the experience was so much better. Like once I was oh, able I'm to sure. I mean, like the, three or four hours, <laughs> the lack of sleep is, I mean, that will, that's the worst part of it all. I feel like, right. you know, and when, uh, let me just ask you too, when, when exactly did that happen? Did that happen closer to his due date or when kind of when um, when he was about two months you. old, was okay. when, so it was a little bit longer. Uh, we, mm-hmm. so we, yeah. we met with the pediatrician and on my way to the appointment, I fell asleep at a stoplight Aww. in the car driving him. Yeah. Like that was like the scariest moment yeah. because like, I'm so sleep deprived. And I was like yeah. in denial before that. I'm like, it's fine. Like everyone goes through this. Like, right. you know, right. I'm not any different than all these other moms. Like I can right. handle this. And like, I was like, if I would have been like, 10 minutes later, like on the freeway and that happened, you know, like who knows what would have happened. So okay. I like, I had a really hard time after that. I talked to the pediatrician and he really helped us with like giving us sleep tips and like, you know, just giving us a bedtime routine and like helping him like, you know, get, he kind of like went through all that. So that's when we kind of really started with like the, like a sleep training um, mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. you know, sleep coaching. So um, yeah, two months. And, and after that it was, uh, I could just tell like my level of anxiety went way down and like, yeah. like my level of happiness went way up. Like it, it's crazy how much sleep like affects your mood. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> like it's insane when you're sleep deprived, like how that much that changes, not only your mood, but how your body heals. I mean, sleep is so imperative to like so many <laughs> functions in our body. Oh, definitely. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was good. And, and breastfeeding, I mean, my son's 15 months old and we're still, I still feed him twice a day, once in the awesome. morning, once at night yeah. and, um, and I'm pregnant. So I made sure to like talk to my doctor and everything, but he's like, yeah, no, feel free to feed him as long as you're getting enough water and calories and all of that. Yeah. It's 
totally good. So it's, it's definitely hard in the beginning for breastfeeding. Um, for sure. Like we struggled a lot in the beginning, yeah. but once you kind of like get over that, like learning curve, it's so, it's so amazing. Like the bond, I couldn't yes. imagine like not having that time with my son. Yeah, no, I, t- I agree. I agree. Um, and I remember even thinking, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to do this for three months. Like, let me just get back to work and then I'll quit. And then you go after a couple months and you go, and I get to where I'm about to go back to work and I'm like, I'm not going to quit. Like, this is like, you mm-hmm. know, this is like so much easier now. It's just, you're just in the thick of it right in the beginning and it's so hard and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, I don't know how anybody does this for a year, <laughs> but I'm just going to do this for a little bit longer and then I'm going to quit. But yeah, no, I totally agree. I really genuinely, uh, other than the issues that I had with, my, you know, my supply, like I did feel like I, I, I had true low supply. Um, but just when I would actually breastfeed him, I mean, the bonding, like there's just nothing, you can't compare that to anything. So I totally, totally agree. And I'm like really excited now to breastfeed again and like to start that whole journey over like with a new completely new baby and like see how that goes and see if my milk supply is better and just experience the whole experience of breastfeeding again. Oh, definitely. And like just looking back at like the newborn phase, I'm like, man, if I would have just known like what I know now, yeah, it would, I feel like it would have been so much easier. Yeah, like I know just, like, I'm <laughs> like, man, that's I how I feel too. Just, right? I'm like, this experience has got to be easier because I've already been through it once, right? It's got to be. And I was just talking to one of my girlfriends who she just had a baby like last week and her daughter is same thing, like probably about the same age that, that your two will be. Cause she just turned two. Yeah. She just turned two. Um, and she, and her and I go back and forth and, and I'm like, you gotta let me know if it's like, actually, cause I'm like, it's got to be easier the second go around because you just know kind of what you're doing. I get that it's harder in terms of, you know, because you have like an additional child next to you that you have to take care of, but just like learn, you know, you don't have to learn, you know, what kind of diapers you like, you know, like what kind of stuff you need to buy, you know, like what to do if this happens. I'm like, it's got to be easier. And even just the other day, she texted me, she was like, we were right. She was like this, it was, you know, it was hard the first couple of days, of course, but she was like, but, but I'm just wearing the baby all the time. And then I can take care of my other kids. She was like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Liesl. It's like, right? okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> why is that not like implanted into our brain sooner to wear your baby everywhere? Like, oh my gosh, I know. I don't think I started doing it until he was like a few months old. (laughs) Oh, it's a super life hack. And I had, I had two carriers too, and I got to break them out for this baby when, when that time comes, but I haven't, I had an Ergo one and then I had, um, a Moby wrap, like one of those like cloth wraps. Mm -hmm. And I did the Moby wrap, I think earlier maybe because he was like, he was only six pounds, like he was tiny. He was only six pounds, four ounces when he was born. Um, so I couldn't even like, even with the infant insert in my ergo, like he was too tiny in that first like month or two months of life. Um, so I had to use like the Moby wrap, but yeah, that is like a super life hack for anybody who's listening. Just, just wear your, just get a good baby carrier and wear that baby (laughs) as as much as possible. You can have two hands, you can get stuff done. (laughs) Oh yeah. 
Yeah, don't be afraid to use it because I remember, yeah. like, I was looking at this at first. I had one of the actual wraps. Um, yeah, and then yeah. I ended up getting the katan, which was way easier because it's like you put it on and just slide your arms through. And it's I just was gonna on. say, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna get one of those because those look way easier than my yeah. my Moby wrap. Sorry, I have Moby. two of them. <laughs> I have two of them because I went out and bought a second one to yeah. keep in the diaper bag at all times. I yeah. love it compared to my my super long wrap but they're intimidating at first but I promise you once you learn how to do it it's amazing for sure for sure cool all right well I think that's a great way to kind of end things um Brittany can you just remind listeners where they can find you you can talk about your podcast your social media you know people want to kind of keep up with you where can they find you Oh, definitely. Thanks. Um, so I have two podcasts, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. it's the growing our family pregnancy and then growing our family parenting podcast. So cool. pregnancy is like from the time you find out you're pregnant all the way through delivery. And then parenting is the newborn phase all the way through like the toddler phase. Um, cool. and you can get them wherever you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now. Um, and then I also have everything on my website, growing and that's growing O U R family.com. And that like has the shows and the blog posts and birth stories and like all kinds of stuff on there. And then my social media is a little different. It's growing the letter R family. So it's growing our family. Um, gotcha. Because growing the full written out was a little too long. For- it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, kind of wherever. Everywhere. I yep. just, my my assistant just set up a Twitter for me the other day. I don't know if I'm going to use it at all, but I have one now, guys, if you want to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> just got to have all the avenues, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. And we'll put those um, all those links in the show notes page for people to check you out. Thank you so much, for it, Brittany, for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me and letting me share my birth story. Yeah. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right. So that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. 
I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.